for 13 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. All right, a good morning, Arizona. Thank you for tuning in. It's time to fill up that second cup of coffee or a big glass of iced tea. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. Let's talk about your favorite topic here at Rosie on the House. That's you and your home. Give us a ring at one 767 4348 and let us help you answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. If you've got a project you're trying to start, a project you're stuck in the middle of, or a project you're trying to finish, give us a ring and let us see if we can't put our 50 years of building and remodeling homes in Arizona to work for you. We'll share trade secrets. We'll give you the names of tools that we use to get the job done and products that we have found you can rely and trust to be a great value to use in whatever it is you're trying to get done. So feel free. We've got lines open now. I'm here in studio with my son, Romy. My wife, sweet Jennifer, is in the call screener booth. She'll take your call, get your name, and we'll get you on air asking the, and answering the question as quick as we can. one 767 4348 Of course, Gary D., our program engineer, will make sure we line up perfectly with whatever satellite is currently revolving above your head, above your house, to give you the signal you're counting on. Special guest in studio this morning. We uh, love having uh, the director of the Registrar of Contractors in studio on a periodic basis so he can kind of update us on the state of the state of the trades in Arizona. Mr. Jeff Fleetham. Jeff, thanks a million for taking time out of your Saturday and joining us. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Rosie and Romy and Jennifer. Thanks for Thanks for asking me. I love coming in here and talking. So. Well, do you have like a special badge, first registrar of contractor ever to navigate a statewide pandemic? You sh- <laughs> there should be like a purple. There should be like a purple heart award well, you get or something. I, I don't know. It was it. it um, it's a global pan, not statewide well, it pandemic. Was, uh, it's global. You know, we were open the whole time. We yes. never we never stopped. We uh, I've got a, a great team, and we had uh, what we call a, a continuous. Um, uh, continuous operations plan uh, that we had uh, prepare for any sort of problem and were able to uh, implement it almost. Uh, well, we got a, a notice on Wednesday <laughs> that we we're going to do this. Thursday, we sent, uh, we, uh, we started pulling the, the trigger on that whole thing. And then Monday, everybody was, uh, a lot of people were remote to taking care of everything, Boom. issuing the same amount of licenses, handling complaints, the whole thing. So it was, uh, I guess it was hard. I don't know. It's just what we do, you yeah, know. Yeah. Was, and, and I have my my team is just amazing. So um, I'm just I'm just kind of like a hood ornament there. They're they're driving the bus. So well, I talk a lot about what the pandemic uh, has done to the trades, mm-hmm. uh, and I can speak to that specifically about you know the Phoenix metro area right. and a little bit of secondary information about northern Arizona and Tucson and whatnot. Well, what what impact are you seeing? 
Well, there's uh, first there's a, a you know there's a few things. You know there was uh, we we were in a situation where Arizona's growing like crazy anyway, oh, right? Rocking and rolling. And uh, so, and when the, it starts to grow, then there's a labor shortage. You know, Arizona's always had, I mean, you and I've been around here I've been for a long time. I've been around a little longer than you. But, Not much. So uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's always up and down with labor here. Uh, you know, either we have too much or we don't have enough. And so then you compound that with this, uh, you know, with this, uh, with this COVID thing. And then you have, um, you have workforce that's out sick. Or you have manufacturing that's out sick. Um, and so it just compounds everything. You've got municipalities that don't have the staff to get out uh, permits. Uh, the, rea- the reality is we, we don't have enough connexes to move the pulp to the cardboard <laughs> manufacturing place that can make the box to put the light fixture in to ship it to the supply house yeah. so the contractor can pick it up to put it in your house and it just it just it goes crazy and i know you were oh. uh, you know you're out i know my brother and i even in in the 2006 or so you know we were 6 7 8 months out then oh. so today it's just crazy it's and, and you know whether there's the COVID going on or not, Arizona is going to have that pressure of growth. Every week, there's another billion-dollar-plus company moving to Arizona. It's I know. Great. It's, it's awesome. It, it I is, mean, it's awesome it, business-wise, but it's painful for It people. is. So. I was talking to an architect just last night who does primarily multifamily. Right. And I poking him in the shoulder. I said, well, you're the one responsible for all this traffic congestion. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I heard some real horror stories over the past year, year and a half, but one of the ones that just kind of almost keeps me awake at night, and I had nothing to do with it, but just for the anxiety, it must have caused the investors. Uh, multifamily project going right. up, hundreds of guys on the job, every mm-hmm. trade, mm-hmm. framers, electricians, mm-hmm. insulators, drywallers, plumbers, one electrician was determined exposed. It sh- and he worked that day. It shut the entire project down for almost three weeks. Not, not, not a body. Not in. Not a nail driven. Not a solder joint soldered. Nothing for three weeks. Yeah, that's some of the decisions that folks made. You know, in Arizona, uh, uh, construction, the construction science technology professions were uh, considered essential. Uh, m- not like other states. Many other states shut down everything. Oh, and we everything. were open. So I mean, when you when you come to when you have some some people that were sick or things, that was it wasn't a requirement that it was shut. It was businesses making those kind of decisions as, right. as the uh, they felt that that's the way they needed to move forward. So you're right. There's uh, well, you referred Mexican- you referred back to that Wednesday. Your yeah. your agency got the notice. I mean, I can remember we had kitchen cabinets that on jobs right. we were getting ready to start. And the homeowners just called and said, Rosie, we're, this is confusing, <laughs> and, and we would like to just hold off. I said, okay, fine. We've got your stuff. We'll, we'll just put you in line for when, you, when you're comfortable, right. call us, and we'll start. Mm-hmm. You know, director, it was only about two weeks, and um, the ladies of the house started calling, saying, it's really bothering me. You've got my brand-new cabinets sitting in your warehouse right. with the manpower available to install them and nothing's getting done. I said, well, we, we can accommodate. And, and it was right. two weeks of people just trying to catch their breath. 
And then it was right back to work. Yep. So <laughs> everything, you know, we're all good. There's, uh, we've got about 45,000 licensed contractors in the state of Arizona today. That's, uh, that's an increase of about, uh, somebody's going to find the exact number and then I'm going to get blamed for uh-huh. being wrong. But since uh, 2015, when I was yeah. appointed, that's about 10,000 yeah. additional. We were about 35,000 then, 10,000 additional companies. Not the total number of companies before the crash in 2000, uh, 2008, eight nine, which is yeah. about 52,000. Okay, all right. But there's a lot of companies have merged. Uh, there's company. There's some companies have merged. There's uh, so it's it's hard to tell as far as what the base number of businesses, uh, new businesses are. But you know, Arizona is a, a hot topic place, and um, and it's going to continue to be that. And people are going to need to both contractors and their customers are going to need to understand. Um, demand versus supply, not supply versus demand. Demand versus supply. What What are y'all doing? Um, uh, how have you seen the change of homeowner interaction with your agency through all of this? I mean, I an, another we had a kitchen remodel in McCormick Ranch, and we'd waited nine months for the appliances. Right. The 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 woman in the house said, "Would you get my oven out of the dumpster, rinse it off, clean it <laughs> off?" Put it back in my house, and let's get the kitchen done. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the kitchen was completely finished. Right. Except for appliances that were supposed to take three months. Right. That then took seven months. Mm-hmm. That then took ten months. Right. <laughs> so we, we, pulled, we pulled an oven out of the dumpster, cleaned it up, and put her back to work. Boy, I'll, I'll tell you, that's, uh, that's the thing. We, we talked to, uh, talk to contractors and, 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 our, and homeowners alike. That they need to uh, make sure that their agreements, contractual agreements, um, especially especially some contractors. There there were some uh, contractors in this that believed that just because somebody was sick or just because they couldn't get workforce or just because they couldn't get material meant that they didn't have to do anything, and that's just not the case. They have to, you know, the the labor shortage or uh, uh, the labor shortage or that somebody's sick doesn't doesn't give a contractor the um, the right to abandon a job or not finish the job, and uh, some uh, and so that really com- you know complicates a lot of stuff. So. It does. I mean, my attorney called me a couple months into this, and he said, "Rosie, it's come to our attention that you are obligated by OSHA to provide your employees with a safe work environment." We're going to come up with a disclaimer. All of your homeowners are going to have to start signing it that they haven't been exposed. They don't know that they've been right. exposed. They're not running a fever. They have no symptoms. So for my OSHA protection, I had to have the homeowners start signing documents that they weren't going to expose my employees or subcontractors. There you go. That is a full circle. One of the most interesting ones is a couple of our general contractors – you know, it was the, the the distribution, you know, your down payment. Um, a lot of times it was based on where you are in the project. Okay, Correct, the, right. the, the cabinets are done. Now it's time for the next payment, mm-hmm. and we order the next thing. Well, a couple of our guys have quadrupled the down payment 
because mm-hmm. they're ordering all the materials up front because sure. they don't know when they're right. going to come. <laughs> yeah. So right. instead of waiting until this period to order that product, no, right. we're ordering all the products right now. You gave your payments got to come up front so we can because we don't know if it's going to take three months, right, right, three weeks. Well, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and there's there's some there's some disconnect there in the understanding in the construction world and and their customers versus some other things. So. You guys talk about a Ford dealership here a lot. Yeah, that's right. Um, before uh, a consumer gets the keys for the truck, the truck has been paid for. The dealership has been paid completely, 100%. You're either, either you paid them cash or you've got a loan from somebody else that has paid the dealer. The same way when you get your keys for your brand new home, that home has been paid for 100%. And there's some concern with some people that uh, – a contractor doing a renovation uh, should never get a down payment. It's a little, that's a little unnerving for a small business. So, All right. Thanks for tuning in. I want to get the ear of any contractors that are currently listening right now for a couple reasons. One, I want to invite you to a special event. Pella Window and Door Showroom out in North Scottsdale is having a new grand opening. They've completely redone their showroom. And the Experience Center is located on North Scottsdale Road. It is to the trades only. This is not for homeowners. This is for trade only. It's March 3rd from 5 to 8 p.m. Contact your Pella representative and let them know you'd like to come see their line. And Jennifer and I just returned from a week in Orlando uh, at the International Builder Show. The convention center was 1 million square feet of brand new building products. There had to be at least 30 different window manufacturers from all over the world underneath this ceiling. And I came home convinced of the conviction that for the money, you cannot beat the Pella product. They've got a they've got a product for every price point. And if you're shopping windows, I couldn't encourage you enough to get in touch with Pella. So contractors, you're being invited to a grand reopening at the North Scottsdale showroom. It's called the Experience Center. That's March 3rd from 5 to 8 p.m. We would only ask you to give Pella a call and let us know you're coming. I'll be there the whole time. We'd love to meet you guys. You know, all you guys that call me on Monday morning, and tell me the, what I answered wrong on Saturday. Come, come introduce yourself to me at the Pella Experience Center in Scottsdale, March 3rd. I'd love to meet you. And I appreciate y'all calling me on Monday and straightening me out. We're here this morning in studio with special guest, Mr. Jeff Fleetham, the director of the Registrar of Contractors for the state of Arizona. And again, Mr. Fleetham, thanks a million for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for thanks for having me. So. Now we've only got about uh, this is a short segment, it's about four minutes. So, but I think that gives you and I enough time to solve the immigration problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> man, oh man, what what we? I I can remember in the nineties, my company had a hundred employees. And we had an attorney in Nogales, and I would simply call him and say, I need seven drywallers. Mm-hmm. And in two weeks, 
I'd have seven drywallers, all with legal work visas, showing up in my office. Why can't I do that? Okay, that, I, has, I, that doesn't gonna, have anything to do with the registered contractor. It just, it just. But we were talking labor shortage, and I just can't hardly get on that soapbox for a second. Let it get, is so broken. Let me get a, a little bit on the, the labor shortage Dude, in the construction please. industry. And, and, I, some I, you, and some of your involvement in the training you're doing. Well, I, um, I, I spent a lot of time with uh, CTEs, uh, EVIT, uh, East Valley Institute Technology. Um, I'm, I'm on that uh, board as well. Um, one of the things that we as an industry did, and, um, and uh, you know, I didn't bring my ballistic vest, so hopefully there's no, <laughs> nobody outside. So we as an industry quit taking responsibility to grow up yeah. people in our business. And part of it was because we got too busy. We weren't paying attention. Uh, we started telling, we started letting young people know that this wasn't an industry, the construction science technology professions were not great industries. We sent them other places to, um, to get education and we started talking about learning about the CTEs or learning about uh, becoming an electrician and going someplace else for education, like um, uh, university is higher education versus uh, going to an electrical apprenticeship program. It's not higher education, it's other education. And so what we've done is we've done it to ourselves. And, um, and we're getting the needle moved a little bit in, in, in Arizona, which is great. There's a lot of people working hard on this. Build your future, Arizona. We've got the, the, uh, uh, the technical education districts. And this is the way this works. You're at a high school, and you're going to high school, and you decide you want to be – and it's, I'm going to talk – you know, besides just construction, but we'll talk about construction. <laughs> I decide that I want to be uh, – I want to be a construction science in the – educated in construction science technology professions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to my counselors and I'm going to say, look, I'm, I'm going to take my courses here at high school and then in the afternoon, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, this school is going to send me over to East Valley Institute of Technology. Amen. It's not, it's not yeah. like it's because that's a place for kids that aren't smart right. or because it's kids for, that want to work for their hands. It's a great career. It you is. know, I know, Roby knows, we all know. You have time to stay next segment? Absolutely. All right, please. great. Yes, we'll continue <laughs> with the Randy. director of Registrar Contractors, Mr. Jeff Fleetham, when we get back right after this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I talked about it last week. I'm going to talk about it again. Jennifer and I go to the International Builders Show at the Orlando Convention Center with one million square feet of coverage of all new things involving building and remodeling your house, home, castle, or cabin. And the one thing that stopped everybody in the entire convention center was the Ford vehicle display center and they had that lightning f-150 all-electric vehicle on display i tell you what it's absolutely incredible head-to-head -head competition last saturday arizona republic the ford f-150 against let's just say it's an unnamed lesser vehicle uh as it relates to engine and fuel economy which the could be any <laughs> the ford f-151 towing capacity and towing payload tech winner 
F-150. I mean, in every single category, the head-to-head competition features trims and value. Winner, F-150. And now, President's Day weekend at Sanderson Ford. Get out there. All kind of special offers. Great. They've got over 50 F-150s available. Over 30 escapes all available now. They've got some packages with as little as less than 1% interest with cash back incentives. This would be the weekend to go pick your new Ford out. And if you do, go to Sanderson Ford. 51st Avenue in Glendale. It's got to be today or Monday because they're never open on Sunday. President's Day weekend. They're going to extend the sale through Monday. Can't beat it. Most award-winning Ford dealership in America. All right, back on topic with the director. Uh, We were trying to solve the immigration issue. No, we really weren't. (laughs) I tried to take him there, but he's too smart for that. You were trying to solve it. (laughs) Oh, man. But I will tell you another thing I discovered at the International Builder Show. They have two new computer apps. One's called Hammer, H-A-M-M-R.com. The other one is WorkRise.com. And they are LinkedIn, Indeed type websites specifically just for tradespeople all across the country. Right. And those kind of things are happening all over the place. You know, in Arizona, we have... Uh, at Works Arizona. Okay. And so a contractor, um, and so all of our contractor friends, if they're listening, um, is if you uh, are interested in maybe starting your own indus- your own apprenticeship program, or you're interested in doing a job fair, we call that uh, the at Arizona at Works. They call it a, a a prepaid plan because your taxes have already paid for it. It's free. Okay. They can set up. They <laughs> okay. can set. They can help set up the job. They can add you to the job board. They can help you with your ads. They can pre-screen things for people and all those kind of things. And they can focus target focus specifically on the people that you want. Rosie and you guys can do that yourself too. You can target that. That'll help a little bit. Um, then we've got your uh, uh, Build Your Future Arizona, That's which right. is tied into NCCER, and some large contractors have contributed uh, $50,000 a year for three years. That was their commitment to help spread this advertising. And then you've got the CTEs. I keep going back there. Uh, EVIT, Westmec, uh, Metrotech, there's 16 or 17 CTEs in the state of Arizona, and they all need support, not just for construction sciences, and you notice I keep going that construction yeah. science technology. It's the focus groups we've done for young people is they don't resonate with trades and either do their mothers whatever, <laughs> or some others. Because construction is considered a, uh, a fat-thumbed, dirty T-shirt, size 12 boot, size 4 hat industry, and right. that it is not. And so what we uh, what we're doing is we're focusing on those uh, you know understanding that methodology science an old word that means to know technology a new word that means to build what about it isn't construction i love it okay and we've worked a long time with the department of education here to get them to start calling these kind of courses uh, the technology and then i worked with uh, worked with them and said we got to add the science part in there so construction science technology professions because that's what we are it's a profession it's a career right it's so it's, it's, it's so a career it's so awesome it is and the technology and you know robotics and 
Uh, and, you know, and, you know, you, you got job sites where they've got drones going around, double checking stuff and measuring. It's, it's just it's not what everybody everybody, you know, thinks that that's all it is. It still means that you have to dig a footing, right? Uh, it does. Right. And do it right. Yeah. So what's the difference between a monolithic pour and a regular standard footing? Why is one wider, deeper? I, it's all science. It's I don't science. know how I could have made the contacts I made mm-hmm. uh, remodeling. Homes for right. Fortune 100 right. executives, professional athletes, Absolutely. entertainers. Mm-hmm. And you get to know them on a pretty personal level because sure. you're in there remodeling their well, bathroom. Right bathroom right you. Hey, you're a contractor. It, uh, it's kind of kind of nice that the registered contractors is a contractor. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, I've got a call here that would like some answers. You are going you are gonna to answer the questions. Oh, okay. Let, let's welcome John to the conversation. John, let me introduce you to the most knowing the most knowing contractor I know, the registrar of contractors for the entire state of Arizona, Jeff Fleetham. John, why don't you ask Jeff your question? Okay. Um, hi, hi, you guys, and thanks for taking my call. You Good. bet. Um, I got a question. I have a new build, and this question is around the felt and the tiles on the roof. Yes, sir. So um, it's, it's in the construction process, and they, they, put the t- they put the felt and they've tacked it down, and they have the tiles sitting on the roof, and it's been sitting on the roof for probably over two months or more. And during that time, there's been, you know, we've had a little bit of a rainstorm, there's a lot of windstorms, and I'm just wondering, you know, if that's good for the felt, and and how long can they keep those tiles up on the roof before they actually need to, um, you know, put them down? And in the meanwhile, you know, they put the drywall on the inside, and I just feel like the inside is still exposed. Gotcha. Uh, all right, well, John. Well, all right, John. Here, here, here's, here's the reason. Um, and, and you mentioned the key thing, the drywall <laughs> is already there, right? So what the tile does is it, it, we call it preloading the structure. So the tile is heavy, right? And so the tile goes on the, on, on the roof structure, and it preloads it. And so it compresses the building to where it's going to be compressed when it's finished. And then you put the drywall on before that so it doesn't crack when you then put the tile on. So that's a normal process. Uh, The felt, if there's any problem with the felt uh, before they put that down, they'll fix that. They'll repair that if they got to refelt it or whatever. But that's called preloading, and it's a common practice with tile roofs. It's the right practice. Yes, 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 a right common practice. So, so. John, they're, they're doing it the right way. And just one more reason why if I'm building, I do it in masonry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, you well, build it with a strong enough material, you don't need to preload because you're yeah. expecting cracking, warping, and twisting and splinting. On the walls, they still want you to preload. Yeah, you will still trusses. preload it. Always preload it. So. Now, listen, Director, uh, the topic of the hour, you may not know that if you're a listener, uh, was painting. <laughs> but, oh, boy. But when we found out you were coming in, I thought, well, boy, I'm going to jump all over this opportunity. But we're covering the topic of painting the entire month of February. Okay. And one of the things we wanted to talk about today is the presence of lead. And for do-it-yourselfers that are in homes that were built prior to 1978, right. you know, you need to test this. And I know, folks, I know there are do-it-yourself test kits you can buy. But are you qualified to actually test correctly? So I just want to ask you homeowners a couple questions you're in a home built prior to 1978 it's probably and you're going to do a little remodel 
Well, we're going to need to test it for lead, for your safety and the safety of everyone that's going to work on the project. Do you know how to test it for lead? How many coats of paint have been put over that original lead-based coat of paint? Three, four, five? Were one of those coats left over lead-based paint? Or had they converted to acrylic? You need to test every layer of paint that's been put on that house, not just the paint that's on the surface. And then there are kits that are designed for particular colors. If you use the wrong kit on the wrong color, you will get a false negative when in fact you could be dealing with lead-based paint and you wouldn't be taking the necessary precautions. Professional lead testing is not that expensive. We actually include it in every estimate we do. Lead and asbestos testing, it doesn't cost a lot of money for the reduction of exposure of liability and health concerns. It's well worth the money. If you, the Arizona homeowners, are tackling a project on a home dated, constructed before 1978, contact a lead and asbestos testing agency and get it tested correctly, professionally. I do not recommend you using the do-it-yourself kits. There's just, there's just too much you need to know to do it and do it right. It's called follow instructions. <laughs> I, and you know what? That's another app I found at the Builder Show. Jennifer, what was that app's name? Built. Built. Wasn't it B-I-L-T, right? Built. Yeah, built.com. They have taken the owner's manual of literally thousands of products, and they've animated, illustrated, and video enhanced every instruction manual. It was the most genius. It makes following directions cool again. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a free app. You download it, and then you go, uh, let's just say, uh, Thermador dishwasher installation. And it will show you every step, animated, illustrated, from the owner's manual, how to do it. But just think if you didn't follow directions and you got it right the first time, how, how, much, time, uh, how yeah, much time you would save. Uh, uh, how, how, <laughs> how many badges of honor does that get you, huh? But it, it, it was it was a brand new app that, I, that really awesome. caught my attention. So let's say I have a, a sink. Well, just 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 happened to me too. Yeah. Uh, bathroom faucet. Yeah. Okay. It's twenty years old. I know the stems leaking. Yeah. If I don't have the instruction manual, I can go here and find it and That's, see what the part number is. And it'll, as well? it'll even demonstrate how to do it. So it's like YouTube and animation and the owner's manual all built into one free app. Genius. Awesome. And, and the guy that demonstrated, we did a little uh, video on it so we could demonstrate it. Um, he said there, there isn't a manufacturer that isn't in waiting to wow. get their manuals loaded wow. onto their software. That's awesome. And they've already got literally, you can't think, if you walked into an Ace Hardware store and looked at all the brands, there isn't a brand on the shelves that wow. isn't already in that app. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I was, I was kind of tickled by all that. Now, on the topic of painting, we're talking lead and, and asbestos testing. Asbestos isn't really particularly a problem in paint. But again, for you do-it-yourselfers, 
I'm going to tell you a story that Rosie Remodeling experienced two years ago. We went into a house in Paradise Valley for a pretty extensive remodel. I mean, it was a big remodel. And it broke my heart, but a big part of the job was removing about 3,000 square feet of Brazilian rosewood flooring. And there was no way to get it out and save it. It was coming out in splinters. But we knew the remodel had been done about 10 years ago. We went in and started demoing it, and my floor demo guy stopped immediately. He said, this rosewood is installed on top of 30-year-old vinyl. Right, right. It's asbestos. We have to shut the whole job down. <laughs> so those of you that are doing the remodeling on your own, your do-it-yourself projects, just be aware. We were using asbestos and lead in many building products right up until 1978. If you're going to tackle a project on a home older than that, please do the lead and asbestos testing. We test the insulation. We test the paint. We test the floor adhesives. We test all the wraps on the ductwork. They go through and they test the entire home for lead and asbestos. Because if you start and then contaminate the space, you're talking about significantly increased costs to continue that project. And we, we're here to educate you and save you from that dilemma. If you have any questions, there is a government website that's pretty darn helpful, epa.gov forward slash lead and or asbestos. And it will guide you through what's required to deal with lead or asbestos at your home. Again, all homes prior to 1978, do-it-yourselfers, beware, be cautious, do it right. You know, I share a lot of things about my personal life over being on air uh, the many years I have. But what one thing I've, I don't think I've ever shared, uh, one of my hobbies is I'm the benevolent dictator <laughs> of a committee called Save the World Committee. And, and we meet semi-regularly uh, to solve all the problems of the world. So I just appreciate the director of the Registrar of Contractors coming in this morning and helping me pursue that vision and mission of mine, solving all the world's problems. There you go. Yeah, and we have some homeowner, homeowners with some problems this morning. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with the easy question, Mr. Fleetham. They, um, somebody called and said he's in a manufactured home with a roofing issue. Do you deal with manufactured homes? Uh, well, there's uh, there's a... a Department of Housing handles manufacturing ho- manufactured homes. If they have a complaint with with work that was performed on their uh, manufactured home by a properly licensed contractor, I would suggest that they file a complaint with the Arizona Registrar of Contractors. Okay. Number one. Now, number two. Okay. This lady is You're hitting a, a thousand, <laughs> by the way. You're hitting a thousand so far. If I were king of the forest, there by the way. You go, there you go. Okay. So this woman has a neighbor who is getting ready. She's hired a licensed contractor. Okay. And she's, he is going to take a sliding glass door and replace that with a very large window. Okay. He has told the owner that they do not need a permit. The neighbor was very concerned, so she actually called the registrar and talked to someone, and, and they told her, absolutely, he does need it. Um, so now this woman is in between her um, neighbor 
and this contractor believing that a permit is needed. How does she discern that, that's, and what that, should she do next? Well, for, first, is is she a homeowner? Is she is she the customer of this contractor, or is she just the neighbor? Uh, she's a neighbor. With, okay. Well, yeah. firstly, um, I don't know how a neighbor would handle that. Um, <laughs> now, how about if that neighbor is a member of the HOA board? Well, well, if and but that's but that's part of the HOA's responsibility. Yeah. So um, I, I'm assuming if it's if it's community property. So uh, replacing a window with a window that's the same size is probably wouldn't require a permit. But you'd still need to check with the municipality. But if you're taking an opening that say has a door that's five foot wide or six foot wide, and you're putting a and then you're expanding that opening, then you undoubtedly would need a permit. I don't have the plans there, but the, the people to tell you whether you need the permit or not uh, is the city that you're in. If you're in Scottsdale, call the city of Scottsdale. The contractor telling you he doesn't need a permit could raise a few red flags. Like one, why would he say he doesn't need a permit when uh, if he's qualified, he would understand absolutely that he needs a permit if he's working on a, on a uh, load-bearing wall. Uh, and secondly, is the person that they're dealing with actually work for the contractor? Do they know that they work for the contractor? Uh, does that contractor own that business? Uh, or is he just somebody saying, I'm working under so-and-so's license, which is not allowed either. So if I were the homeowner or the HOA, if it's a common wall that they're working on, I would call the municipality and saying, hey, this is what we're doing. Do we need a permit? And I can probably say, oh. yeah, almost always need uh, a permit. Almost. I, I, I'm sorry I, I, about I that. I can all but guarantee. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. The code says you have to have receptacles and light switches. Oh, yeah. the, those are going to have that, to be moved. That's right, yeah. what I was oh, yeah. going to say is yeah. even if you weren't going bigger but right. you're going window to door, right. by code, you have to install a light switch inside yeah. well, and a light outside well, the door. That's so right. Just that electric. That would be depending on the municipality. Each yeah. municipality interprets codes differently, right? Right, they because they do so on electric. Would, now I don't know any municipality that wouldn't require a code if I were going to stretch the load bearing points of my exterior load bearing wall not, from six feet to fourteen. So feet. I think you know this. My family been licensed in Arizona since yeah. nineteen fifty nine. I'm not aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, yeah. so anyway, uh, so absolutely, director. We appreciate your time so much. Thank you and your Thank input you, and your wisdom. Me. Do you want a radio show? No. I'll just come on here. And I'll sit over in the corner and just just eat, uh, just sit over and drink coffee. And Thanks a million for coming in, folks. Uh, another hour of Rosie on the House. Feel free to get online now, and we'll queue you up as the first questions we take as we go into the third hour. one 767 4348